0: We give you all the glory. We give you all the worship. We give you all the adoration. And let us say shout a big amen. Oh, oh. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I didn't say you should say an amen. There's a difference between saying an amen and shouting an amen. Do I have believers here? I want you to shout an amen. Hold it. Let me explain something to you. Listen. Listen. There's one thing that I believe that when we come to church, we pray. Is that also? We worship. We praise. But there's another thing that can move some mountains that can bring some walls of Jericho down. Sometimes your prayer will not bring those walls down. Sometimes your worship will not crash those things down. But your shout will bring it down. Oh, do I have believers here? Do I have some crazy people here? At the count of three. I want you to give the Lord a mighty shout.
1: Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Let me give you
0: another reason why you should shout. The Bible said there were four lepers at the gate of Samaria, and the Bible said they were hungry. They were lepers and they were unclean, so they were not qualified to be in the city. They said should we tarry here and die they decided to go into the camp of the enemy and the Bible said as they marched forward the Lord made their march at the sound of chariots and then when the enemies heard it they ran away can I tell you something this morning as you are going to shout this morning I see your enemies running away oh, oh, oh hold it listen hold it they said, how fast you run The term is dependent on who is chasing you. Some of you do not know what is chasing you. You are running here because you think it's a cockroach. But in actual fact, it is a lion that is chasing you. I want you to give the Lord a mighty shout. There ain't nothing that is chasing you. Run away. Amen. 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 Well, I thank God so much for bringing us here all together this morning. The only thing we can say is thank you to him. Amen. I want to bring you greetings from the Apostle General. Oh, in, in fact, some of you, they it. If if you honor people, when it gets you a time for people to honor you, you will also be honored. Amen. This is a man that has been in ministry for over 35 years. Tested and proven. But for his obedience, we wouldn't have been here. Oh, amen. Amen. We were, I was in over the week, I think Thursday and Friday and it was amazing. The encounter with the oil was amazing. The oil, the presence, the power. Listen, I that Bishop Bobasari said one thing. He said, when he took the microphone, he said, Only few men of God are still relevant today. And our father is one of the men that are still relevant. <laughs> Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord, for the oil on his life? Amen. We also, I also bring you greetings from the Premier Lady Mama Rita. Oh, le Amen. She also brings you greetings. I also bring you greetings from the presidency of all USA campuses and the youth ministry, WMG. Reverend David, Pastor Chivape, Pastor Marcelino, Pastor Papa, they all bring you greetings. Amen. Amen. We want to welcome you all into today's service. Shall we take our seats? This morning we are going to do a very short sermon. I hope it's short, amen, I pray short, very short, amen, and I hope I don't shout a lot, <clears throat> I'm already losing my voice, amen, so this morning I want to speak on the title Be Christ-like, amen, oh turn to a neighbor and say be Christ-like, our theme for the semester is making impact through the mindset of Christ, making impact through the mindset of Christ, Now, the other day I came here, I said that to make impact just means to come into forcible contact with something or to crash into something. Amen. So before we can make impact, it means that there has to be some level of force applied to it. Now, to make impact means that something has to change in the life of somebody if you're an individual. If you are the one making impact in somebody's life, somebody should see you and say, because of this and that and that, I've also become this and this and that. Amen. So basically, it just means that there has to be a tangibility. Something should be tangible. There should be, it should be measurable. It should be seen. Oh, amen. Shall we? Can you give me Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 14? Then afterwards, we'll go into the main scripture. Not, can we all read together? Not that I have already, already go. Not that I have already attained. But I press on. For which Christ has also laid hold of. Verse 13. Brethren, let's go. I do not count it, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. 14. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is just a brief thing I want to say about this now a lot of us are very complacent we feel that we have already arrived in our christian life we think we come to church every day or we are an executive or we pray in tongues so it is enough that or it is enough wherever we are but paul was saying that he pressed towards the mark of the higher calling meaning that he forgets whatever he has achieved in the past And then aim at a higher goal or aim at a higher target. This morning, I don't know what you call achievements. I don't know what you claim you have achieved. But I want to challenge you that there is something higher that you need to aim at. There's something better ahead of you that you need to aim at. If you are a Christian and you pray for one hour, it is not enough. That is a goal that you have achieved. There is a higher calling and a higher goal that you have to aim at and press on us. Forgetting the things of the past that you have achieved. A lot of us live in the past glories and we are too proud of yourselves. You think that you have arrived. Amen. If you want to make impact, you have to have a mindset of renewing every single day or taking every day as a new day. Taking on every challenge as a new challenge. Aiming at something that is ahead of you. So we are going to press on this morning. I am going to share with you four things that or four characteristics of Christ which we have to inherit or which we have to take on which is going to help us to press on and make impact. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Please give me Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind is that? The Bible said in the book of Genesis that we're created in the image and the likeness of God. Amen. And because we're created in the image and the likeness of God, we reflect his glory. We reflect his characteristics. We reflect his His likeness. So to be like Christ, it means that you have to reflect God's likeness. You have to reflect God's characteristics. You have to reflect Christ himself. That's why we are called Christians, Christ-like. Amen. The Bible said that when Jesus Christ had left the world, the disciples, Peter and Co were before the Sahindri. And then the Bible said that the way they spoke with boldness and with courage, the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees realized that they had been with Christ. And I prophesy to you that from today, when people see you, when people hear your utterances, when people hear you talk, they will notice that you are a Christian. Oh, am I speaking to somebody? I said, when people see your lifestyle, when people hear you talk, when you are walking, even your walking will reflect Christ. Peter and Paul were noticed because they were with Christ. A lot of us here, we can't even differentiate whether we are Christians or we are not. Two of us. On Sunday, we have a different clothes we wear during the week different. Amen. This morning I came to challenge you that you can have Christ in you and live like Christ. Some of you feel it is so impossible. Maybe I did come to excite some people this morning. Amen. Some of you think it is impossible but I came to challenge you that it is possible that you reflect the life of Christ. The first thing I want to talk about is holiness. Holiness. first character. If you are reflecting Christ, your life has to be evident. And it has to be transformational. People must see your life and be transformed. Can I have Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Can I have it in NLT? Do you have NLT or NIV? Pursue peace with all people. Thank you. Work at living in peace with everybody. And work at living a holy life. So it is. it means that it is not coming to you as chance. You have to what, work it out. A lot of us have depended so much on grace. We are so dependent on grace. Oh, there is grace is sufficient. Oh, forgiveness. God will forgive me. And we are living in filth and we are living in sin. We are Christians and we are Christ-like. We have to live a holy life. I like the way you are quiet, am I dialing some numbers? You have to live a holy life. Some people said it's impossible, it is possible. That is why the Bible said you should work a holy living, work it out, work living a holy life, work it out. Amen. Christ was holy. And since we reflect his nature, since we reflect his likeness and we reflect his characteristics, we should also be holy. If you are here and you call yourself a believer and you speak in tongues, it means that you reflect Christ. So we should be able to reflect holiness. A lot of unbelievers will not become Christians or will not become saved if our lives are still the same. Let us not forget that we are thinking about grace and we are thinking about forgiveness. But let us not forget that our works will also be judged. The Bible said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13. It says your work will pass through fire. Your work will pass through fire. And if it is wood and it is straw, it will get burnt. What works are you going to present to God on your judgment day? On the judgment day. Is it the lies that you were telling? The fornication? The stealing? The cheating? If you want to make impact, you have to be holy. You must live a holy life. The Bible said in the book of 2 Corinthians, it said that we are living epistles of the unbelievers. Meaning that unbelievers look at us or they read us to live their life. They read us to live their lives. You come to church on Sunday and then Friday you're in the club with them and then you come to church on Sunday. How can you invite somebody like that to come to church? How can you witness to the person That's why some of you, when we call for evangelism, some of you don't show up. Because you don't know the, the door you go and knock. And they'll say, hey, is this one, two part of your church? Every, every uh, drink cup you are there. Every punch you are drinking. Oh, amen. Can we challenge ourselves to live a holy life? It will not be easy. Because we have to work it out. The enemy came to steal, to kill and to destroy. He's always roaming around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. He's always seeking someone to come down. But Christ came to give us life and give us life in abundance. Can I prophesy to you? That you are receiving a holy life today. You are receiving a holy life today. From today, your life is transforming. From today, your language is changing. If you used to insult people, you are no more going to insult people. If you used to lie, you are no more lying. Oh, amen. We have to live a holy life. Because unbelievers are looking at us. They are looking at us to change. There are some people who will not listen to the salvation message you are preaching but they will look at your lifestyle and they will change. I have an atheist at my workplace. She followed me to church because of my lifestyle. And that was her first time coming to church. She said she doesn't go to church. People have invited her, but she won't go. Your lifestyle must speak volumes. Amen. 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 I like the way you are quiet. I I pray that the message is sinking deep. Number two. You have to be resilient. Somebody say resilient. Resilience simply means your capacity to recover from your downfall. Your ability to come out of difficulties. Listen, Christ was resilient. Christ was resilient. Irrespective of the opposition. Listen, those people that read about him, those people that knew him, those people that spoke about him, were the same people that persecuted him. And when they were persecuting him, they didn't know that they were catapulting him into his destiny they didn't know that they were pushing him further and further closer to the destiny that he will go onto the cross and he will die and he will save all of us if you are here and you are being persecuted I don't want you to cry because the spirit of resilience is coming over you and as they form every scheme and plot against you the Lord is just orchestrating and moving your steps and moving you closer to your destiny can I hear a believer shout a big amen and the Bible said there was a man called Joseph. His brothers came and plotted against him. Little did they know that they were checking him into his greatness. Little did they know that they were putting him into a palace. Little did they know that they were putting him to be a prime minister. Can I prophesy to somebody here? If they have said to you in your family that you will not be great. If they have said to you in your family that you will be poor. If they have said to you that you will die before your time. If they have said to you that you will not complete your university. I came to announce to you that as they plan and they scheme against you. As they plot against you, the Lord is moving you closer and closer to your miracle. The Lord is moving you closer and closer to your greatness. If they said you will be sick and you will die, I came to prophesy life into your life. If they said you will be poor, I came to prophesy riches. If they said you will die, hey, I tell you, you will live and not die. Before you declare the works of the Lord. The Lord is going to overshadow you. He's going to preserve you. If they said your parents are going to die. I came to tell you your parents are living. If they said your life will amount to nothing. To tell you that you will look after their children. Amen. The Bible said that Joseph was checked into slavery. Little did they know that they were putting him into his prominence. If you are here and they have said your academics you will fail. They will see how you will complete. You will complete and you will be unemployed. I came to prophesy to you. That before you finish school a job will be waiting for you. I said before you finish school a job will be waiting for you. Amen. You will not join unemployed graduates. The Lord will give you a job. You do not need to give up. The moment you start experiencing tribulations, the moment you start experiencing troubles, persecution, opposition, then you know that you are doing something right. Because you cannot make impacts without being opposed. Because when Christ came, they opposed him. They didn't want him to fulfill his destiny. But the Jesus Christ that we serve, the Lord that we serve, the Son of Jehovah, when he came and he faced opposition, the more they opposed him, the more he prospered. The more they opposed him, the more he bred miracles. The more they opposed sick, Amen. The more they opposed him, the more he healed the sick. The more they spread rumors about him, the more he became popular. They said this one is a fake prophet he's healing people on the Sabbath he said he's a son of God he has said this he has said that persecuting him left and right and center but he was resilient I don't know who I'm speaking to if you are the verge of giving up I came to tell you this is not a time to give up this is not a time to say I have served God all my life and I haven't seen anything and so I am not going to serve God again. I came to encourage somebody here. The Lord is coming through for you. Where there seems to be no way, the Lord is going to create a way for you. Amen. When 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 all hope is lost, when 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 the Bible says when there's a casting down, you say there's a lifting up. I came to prophesy to you that if you are being suppressed today, you are being liberated. I pray liberation for you. Amen. You will be liberated as for the enemy they will scheme the Bible said that for surely they shall gather but if the gathering is not of him their counsel shall not stand. Any gathering because of you. Any gathering that the enemy has, 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 has made because of you i came to prophesy over your life that the lord will scatter them by fire their counsel shall not stand and the bible said a prophet was hired to catch the people of israel but when he opened his mouth, he began to bless them. I prophesy over your life that anybody who is cursing you will realize he's blessing you. Anybody who said you'll be, you'll be a, a castaway, you will be a cornerstone. They will come back and they will look at you, and you will be a hope to their
1: family. Amen. Oh, come on, sing! The Lord is your rock, he's your strength and your salvation. My at it. Oh, The battle may be strong. the battle may be tough. But I came to an the, top of the battle. The strength. He said, I am the Temptation that is above us. It will give you the ability to fight. It will give you the strength to overcome every struggle, every temptation, every tribulation. I see the Lord coming through for you. I see the Lord coming through for you. And your failures. I see the Lord coming through for you. And hey, you academics, it's a way. Hey, I don't know what up, but I am to class. But I to know I I I I I see healing coming to you. I see healing coming. If you are sick, if your mother is sick, I see healing. I see healing.
0: Amen. The third thing I want to speak about is consistency. Consistency. Listen, some of you are so inconsistent. Today you are Christian, tomorrow you are not. Today you are not giving up, tomorrow you are giving up. Today you say no, tomorrow you say yes. The Bible said that Joseph was, all through his tribulations, he was still consistent. He still kept the faith. He was a righteous man. He was holy. How many of us would have passed the temptation Joseph faced? The boys here, how many of you would have passed? How many of you would have passed that temptation? Shall it be no over righteous. Some of you say, buddy, no firewood. Some of you say, grace is sufficient. Some of you say, after sinning, I'll go and ask for forgiveness of sins. Amen. I don't know how many of you would have been able to overcome that temptation, but this man was consistent. He had a right spirit. And the Bible said that even in the prison, he was so consistent. His lifestyle was the sin. Do you know why some of you are experiencing the glory of God? Do you know why some of you are not having testimonies? Do you know why some of you are not having miracles and breakthroughs? It's because you are not consistent with God. In your walk with God, you are not consistent. How many, ladies or, how many ladies here will break up with a guy if the guy is not consistent? Today he says he loves you, tomorrow he doesn't love you. When he feels like loving you, that's when he comes to tell you, I love you. When he doesn't feel it, he doesn't tell you. How many of you would have broken up a long time ago? Uh huh. Amen. Oh, amen. Listen. The Bible said, I I love this woman so much. Ruth, when Naomi decided to leave the land of Moab and come to Israel, she had two daughters-in-law. And the Bible said that on the way, she turned and said, I am too old. My sons are dead. Go back to your people. Because I cannot give birth again for you to even remarry them. Stay with your people and let me go to my people. But the Bible said that the first time she said it, they all rejected, Oppa and Ruth. They all said, oh no, we'll follow you. They went a bit and Naomi said, no, you have to go back. Then Oppa said, okay, if you have said so, I am going. Inconsistency. She left. Ruth said... Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will die. She was consistent. Now, the Bible said, fast forward. She was the only person that was found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the land of Moab. Now, check this. In the beginning, God told them that they should have nothing to do with the people of Moabites. Because they had a long-standing rivalry. But when they went there and they married, when she came into the land of Israel, she was a Moabite, but she was found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. What am I saying? You might not be qualified, but if you are consistent, you'll be qualified. Oh, am I I telling you something? If you are consistent, you will break certain protocols. If there are certain rules and there are certain legislation in your family, if you are consistent with your work, work, work of God or work with God, you will break those protocols if you are consistent can i prophesy to you i see you breaking every protocol in your family i see you breaking every header in your family every legislation every limit in your family i see you coming over them in the name of jesus ruth broke that protocol ruth broke that legislation that law that was there from the beginning She broke that law because of her consistency. She said, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will die. How many of you can say, irrespective of the temptation, I will still stand for God? How many of you can say, irrespective of how juicy the offer is, I will still stand for God? Some of you ladies here, I know it is difficult. There is no money coming from home. Nothing. You are struggling on campus. And there's a juicy offer of a sugar daddy. Juicy offer. They can't even give you a car. But there's one thing I can tell you. You can't eat your cake and have it. Amen. Listen, you need to stand firm and stand with Christ. If you have taken up this cross and you have decided to be a Christian, you need to be consistent with it. How many of us will not follow Apo if you know this Apo is coming? <laughs> How many of you can say boldly, you know that these questions are coming, and I want to look at it. How many of you? How? <laughs> Amen. Tell me why you need to be consistent with God. How many of you? How many of you? How Many of you wouldn't say wouldn't tell a lie to your parents because you need a hundred Ghana cities We are going for an excursion. We, we, we need to buy some handouts, some some contribution in the department. The lecturer is taking some money. If I don't pay, I will fail. Charlie, we have been there before. But how many of you be consistent? Amen. How many of you be consistent? Listen, Christ was focused. He knew that his end was the cross. And he did everything possible to get to the cross. Our aim is to be a Christian and a Christ-living Christian. Because there are some Christians who are not Christ-living. There are some Christians who are not. Our aim is that our life should be able to impact people. We should be able to reflect the nature of Christ. The likeness and the characteristics of Christ. Yes, you have the Holy Spirit. But the character is also very important. This is saying that your, your talent can take you far. And your character will bring you back to bring you down. If you decide to do A, be consistent with A. You think Apostle Gina would have gotten where he is if he was not consistent? Amen. The last thing I want to talk about, prayer. Apart from prayer meeting, when was the last time you prayed? Challenge some of us, we don't even remember the last time you prayed. Listen, the Bible said that when Jesus Christ was beginning his ministry, he went into the wilderness and fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. See, early in the morning, he rises up and goes to pray. He came down and asked his disciples, Couldn't you have tarried with me even for an hour? So that simply means that if you decide to pray, you shouldn't pray less than an hour. If you decide to pray, you shouldn't pray less than an hour. How many of us have been praying in bed? How many of you don't sleep when you are praying? You are lying on your bed and you don't sleep. Some some of you say... Amen. If you do not pray, even if you said you are not you've not even prayed, it shouldn't be one hour. How many of you can pray for an hour by yourself? Some of you, even over your food, indeed, oh Lord. And you are done. In, indeed, oh Lord, should do what? Amen. In God we trust. We thank you, oh God some of you the food will enter your mouth before you remember you didn't pray then you are confused whether you should bring it out or you should swallow before you pray <laughs> and then, so when you are praying you pray over the one in your stomach too amen listen listen to me listen to me you cannot unlock things in divinity without prayer. You cannot unlock your miracles without prayer. You cannot cause a shift and a change in your life without prayer. You cannot rewrite the story of your life without prayer. You cannot cause the impossible to be possible without prayer. You cannot cause the things that are dead to be alive without prayer. You cannot call the things that are not in existence to be in existence without prayer. I have gone through the Bible and I don't know any prophet or any man of God who made impact without prayer. whose impact was not felt without prayer. The Bible said Elijah prayed for 17 good hours. Gosh, somebody said, 17 good hours before he saw or he heard the sound of rain coming down. How many of us can declare that it will not rain for one minute, and it will not rain? Elijah shut the heavens for three and a half years without rain. He said, "At my word, would there be rain?" Elijah was a prayerful man. He caused things to be because he was prayerful. You will only be able to break certain protocols and certain, certain legislation in your house with prayer. Certain hindrances. When you look at your family, you realize your mother was born one. Your auntie born one. Your sister's born one. Born one. It is coming, coming to you. And you are there and you are just there. You realize that your father's father couldn't build a house. Your father couldn't build. Your brothers haven't been able to build. And they are 40 years. And you are getting to 25. And you are not prayerful. There are certain things that has to break for you to be liberated. Can I tell you something? Prayer is the only license that can give you a dual citizenship. I'm going to repeat it again. I said prayer is the only license. I can give you a dual citizenship. I'm going to break it down for you. The Bible said there was a man called Abraham. And the Bible said that God decided to destroy a, a, a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. But when God took the decision in heaven, Abraham was not present. And the Bible said, you are the king of the earth I have given the earth to you so I cannot take any decision on earth without consulting you so God had to come down to Abraham and say Abraham my son I have decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah what is your opinion on it and the bible said abraham said god can we back in because when you had the meeting i wasn't there when you decided to talk about it and destroy the city i wasn't there because i have a dual citizenship i have the right to say what i have to say you have to listen to my contribution and the bible said abraham said if you find four people 40 people in sodom and Gomorrah, are you going to destroy the earth he said no he said okay okay god said i can't destroy the earth and they to and they didn't find 40 people. And he said, okay, if you have 30, he said no. If you have 20, if you have 10, the Bible said they didn't even get 10 people. And the Bible said, he decided and said, okay, then save only my family. Abraham had a say because he, had, he was prayerful. He had communication with God. He communed with God and he had a dual citizenship. So he had the right to intervene and he had the right to 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 talk about things or to contribute to things that had been taking place in the heavens. And the Bible said, when they got to the family of Abraham, he said, okay, I have heard. Because Abraham had a right to contribute. Some of you, things happen to you because you do not have any say in the heavens because you are not prayerful. You don't commune with so you don't have any idea about what is happening can I tell you something if you are a Christian things doesn't happen to you you happen to things if you sit down for things to happen to you then it means that you didn't communicate with God that is why the Bible said if you declare a thing it shall be established whatever you bind on earth will be bound and whatever you lose will be loosed that is why it is saying that you must commune with God and have the mind of Christ. You must know whatever is going on in the heavens. To be able to contribute meaningfully. Some of you you sit down and things just happen to you. You are there in a the sickness to just happen to you. Amen. We need to be prayerful. The Bible said, I'm going to wrap up on this. I want you to listen to this very carefully. Now, when you are praying, you just don't pray. Amen. Number one, you need to be very discerning and know how to pray. Some of you are asking for shoes whilst you don't know, you don't need a shoe. What you actually need is not a shoe. The reason why you feel God is not answering your prayers is because you don't know how to pray. You are not discerning enough to know what. To pray about. I'm going to prove that to you. Number two. In your prayer. There must be some level of sacrifice. That you have to make. What am I saying? Sometimes you have to sacrifice your sleep. For prayer. Time night in Daniel ten or 3 a.m. And the Holy Spirit is telling you to wake up and pray. And you say, There are some sacrifices you have to make. Amen. Now, the Bible said that Elijah was faced with a contest with the prophet of Baal. When the people about came, they set the altar. And then they did all their enchantments and incantations. But there was no fire that came to consume the sacrifice. The Bible said that when Elijah came, he repaired the altars. Listen carefully. Now, Repairing the altars, Elijah did something prophetic. The Bible said that he erected 12 stones. In our house, we all believe in numbers, and we all know what numbers means. He erected 12 stones and laid the sacrifice on the altar and prayed and fire consumed it. Before that, he also asked them to pour water. He asked them to get four jars. And pour water on the sacrifice three times. Three times, four gives us twelve. He erected twelve altars. Elijah was descending and being prophetic. Now listen. At that time, Israel was facing an issue of governance. The, the, The land of Israel was being governed by Ahab and Jezebel. And the people of God were suffering. They had an issue with governance so the number 12 represents governance Elijah erecting the 12 stones represents that he was going to crash down the governance structure of Jezebel and Ahab and erect a new governance am I am I, am I speaking to you take your time and, 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 and assimilate it now listen if Elijah had erected 10 stones I doubt fire would have came, come from heaven. If he had erected seven stones with his perfection, I doubt it. Because what he was trying to achieve was to tear down a certain governance structure and erect a new one. Proud to that, he had anointed Jehu to take over the kingship of Israel. So he was setting a tone or a preparatory ground for a new structure of governance. So Elijah erecting the twelve stones was prophetic. Descending. You have to know what to pray about and how to pray. When the fire came down and consumed it, eventually, Jezebel and her entire generation was wiped out away by Jehu. And a new governance was set up. Prophetic. Number two, sacrifice. At the time, three and a half years, there was no rain. There was no rain for three and a half years. And that simply presupposes that there was no water. All the streams, all the, val- and all the lakes, and all the ponds had dried up. I was asking myself when I was reading the scripture, why did Elijah decide to use water and not petrol? We all know water quenches fire. Why did he decide to use water and not kerosene? Because at the time, water was very scarce. He had to make a sacrifice to attract the heavens to come down. And he made them get water with four jars three times, twelve, replenishing or reinstituting a new governance structure. Oh, am I am I prophesying to you? Am I speaking to somebody? You need to know how to pray from today. I pray that the Holy Spirit will. We reveal to you what to pray and how to pray. Amen. When he called down the fire to come down from heaven, the reign of Jezebel in the realms of the spirit had collapsed. It was just a matter of time for you to reflect in the physical. And that is what prayer does. If you are a prayerful person, You are able to bring what is in the spiritual realm into the physical realm. You are able to connect with the spirit. Am I challenging some people to be prayerful? Christ was prayerful. Even Jesus Christ who was a son of God was prayerful. Even though he came in the form of man, he was prayerful. How much more you and I? Oh, amen. We are going to pray. At the time, water was a very scarce commodity, water was not in abundance. It is like today's economy where money is very scarce. Maybe there are certain things that have to come down in your family for you to be liberated. We need to break certain things into being today. We need to unlock certain doors. We need to break certain rules and certain legislations. Amen.
1: We hope you are blessed by the sermon. Please do join us every Tuesdays at 6:30 p.m. at Africa Hall Dining Hall, and on Sundays, 10 a.m. at University Hall Dining Hall, K N U S T for service. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rosa K N U S T, and on Facebook at Rosa K N U S T Official. God richly bless you.